You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome. To the divisional round edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We thank all of you for tuning in, and we welcome you back to the podcast. I am Jason Lockenfora, at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And uh, we, we always welcome you guys to uh, give us feedback and check us out on social media and interact with us in that regard. Uh, we will be obviously reviewing uh, wild card weekend, uh, the expanded playoff field, quality of play, competitive balance. Um, some of these games got out of hand pretty quickly, and even some of them that looked close on the scoreboard at the end were really kind of one-way traffic, so I'll delve into that with Baldy, get his thoughts on that. We will give you guys a thumbnail sketch on where we think the losers from last weekend's games head from here. Uh, what direction do they go in? Because many of those teams are facing some looming questions. And then we will also obviously preview the divisional round. Some people think this is the best weekend of the year on the NFL calendar. I tend to agree with those people. You could put me in that camp. And Baldy, we, we, we had a lot more football to consume last weekend than we're accustomed to in the wild card round. It stretched from, you know, Saturday afternoon to Monday night. And some of these teams that we thought, boy, is that really a playoff team? Like, could a team that flawed offensively, could a team that limited by their scheme, could a team that limited by talent on one side of the ball or the other really compete with the best Mm -hmm. of the best in the middle of January? And I think we we got that answer with a resounding thud in many cases, Baldy. Yeah, I mean, what, what the Steelers did in Kansas City, you know, what the Eagles did in Tampa, I mean, you know, the seven seeds, like they just didn't really look like they belonged in the playoffs. And it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I mean, there's, you know, you're as a, as an announcer, you know, those games, you know, whether you're Troy Aikman, whoever, I mean, it's just hard. It's yeah. hard to carry a game like that where it's so one-sided and all the flaws that you had seen for much of the year, you know, only get magnified in these playoff games. I mean, Todd Bowles could do whatever he wanted to do to the Eagles offense. Yeah. And they really looked uh, helpless to do anything about it and, you know, or to adjust. And, you know, and, you know, we, we knew that, look, 
Ben's a great story, but you know, there, there's no, you, you can't, the, the Steelers have to, you know, fix the position at quarterback to have a chance. They've got to fix the offensive line. I mean, they've got major weaknesses that everybody knew and you can keep putting up, you know, a certain player's resume and what he's accomplished and all that. It doesn't help you in a game. It doesn't help you manufacture a point in a playoff game when when the defense gives you every opportunity in the first quarter to try to get in the game, stay in the game, be in the game, and then you get steamrolled like that. I mean, it's just a it's a bad look. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad look for the NFL. I mean, when when three of your five playoff games to kick off the playoff season are complete duds. Yeah. Uh, you know, what the Patriots did, uh, Jason, look, I've never seen a team more perfect than the Bills yeah. ever yeah. at any level. You know, playoffs, Super Bowl, regular season – I mean, they had 54 offensive snaps, Jason. They didn't have a negative play. Put up 42 points on 54 game. plays, Baldy. It's ridiculous. 54 plays. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback be that perfect. I mean, everything that Josh Allen decided to do, I mean, even when he tried to throw the ball away on the opening drive of the game, yep. it ends up awesome as a touchdown. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that could be duplicated, but, you know, the Patriots, you know, the way I look at that, I know Mac Jones a rookie and – if you're Bill Belichick right now, legitimately, you have to say, looking up at Buffalo and how they built this team with that quarterback, you have to say, are we doing it the right way? Yeah. I mean, because if you just think you're going to run the ball and physically dominate the line of scrimmage, what happened to that team is they just got worn down. Yeah. Like that style of play was really good for about eight weeks this year. And it just like every one of those players, Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, they all got, you know, Matt Judon, yeah. they all got worn down playing that style of football. On both sides of the ball, they got worn down. And they just got exposed. And so you have to say, look, we we you gotta you have to get the ball down the field with explosive plays in this game. You just have to. You have to have those type of players and that type of mentality. And if you just think you could control the game at the line of scrimmage and just run it and dink and dunk, like that that that's that that style of football, the analytics say it. It's just, it's just not the way to win. Well, and we'll stick on the Patriots here for a minute. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shortchange the Bills. It's 47 points on 54 plays. I'm sorry. 41 yeah. is what the Chiefs put up in a different blow, blowout, and we'll get to the Steelers in a minute. But if you're going to be who the Patriots think they are, then Baldy, they're going to have to have a team in the trenches that looks a lot more like Tampa than the roster they currently have, right? I mean – yeah. The offensive line, not good enough, not deep enough. Defensive line, front seven, not good enough, not deep enough, right? I mean, when you're get when you're playing for your lives against Josh Allen and Judon's only on there for 22 or 56 snaps, and uh I don't know. Did Uche play? I don't know. You know what I mean? No, Vinovich? I, 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 like Vinovich, yeah. is he is he still yeah. in the league? I, I don't know. Remind me. Like right. that's supposed right. to be the core of their edge play. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I mean you need pass rushers. You can't scheme your rushing. You know, rush three and get your second level, you know, once the quarterback gets flushed to make him hold the ball. Like, you can make Josh Allen hold the ball. He showed you. He'll hold it. You know, you want Josh Allen to hold for nine seconds, he'll hold yeah. it, and he'll still carve you up. So, like, that's not – you. when you play Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and you can, oh, we'll rush three and, you know, we'll, we'll – and we'll, we'll – We'll have a drop an eight man zone. Like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna eat you up. Like, they're not gonna they're not gonna do 
what some of these quarterbacks, I, you know, I'm just going to throw names out there, but yeah, you know, yeah. Kyler Murray, Tua. I mean, they, I mean, those guys might succumb to that. Yeah, but these elite players. I mean, Patrick Mahomes will, you know, he'll run by you. He'll hold it. He'll do whatever he has to do if you're going to rush three. They know it right away. The uh, the other teams that lost in the AFC, I kind of cluster them together in my mind as I was kind of taking the train home from New York and, you know, just kind of reflected on the playoffs while I was watching that debacle in Kansas City. Um, it kind of feels like a, the the Raiders. And, like, if you want to sell me as New England as being sort of upstart and they've got a ways to go, but, you know, we'll see about Mac Jones and it is Bill Belichick and they got better from the year before. Like, I'll buy that, that they could be perhaps somewhat ascending. But you look at the end of the Big Ben era and and what – I mean, that wasn't an NFL offense they ran this year. You know what I mean? It, it, it no. just wasn't. Like, you can't grade their receivers. Like, what is Deontay Johnson? Well, when every catch is a medicine ball, when you know you're going to be within five yards of the line of scrimmage, you're going to be in a high-traffic area, and then they're hoping and praying that you could create yak out of that because the ball's coming out in 2.2 seconds no matter what. That, that ain't yeah. NFL football, right? And then, so you've got them having to figure out who they are moving forward, the Steelers, in a way they never have before. And now you have truly the end of the John Gruden era, which is over in five years and not 10 for Mark Davis because he's going to have a new coach there. They've already fired the general manager. You know, they may or, the new people may or may not want to keep Derek Carr. They've missed on so many high draft picks that that could be a complete reboot as well. And let's face it, that team had a lot of holes as it was. I kind of feel like there's a lot of questions to be asked to those two organizations. And this looks to me maybe like more of the end than the beginning for them. Well, anytime you, you come in with a, a new philosophy, which when you bring in a new general manager and a new coach, you're going to have a different philosophy. There's always players caught in that transition. And unfortunately, that's all the Raiders have ever been is just a transition team, even with John and Mike. I mean, they, Nobody shuffled more defensive players right. at linebacker, defense line. I mean, they missed on so many draft picks, free agents. They've come and gone. Um, and so, you know, who are the core players? Obviously, Max Crosby. I mean, you could you could figure out yeah. who a couple of them are. But, you know, you're going to get a team that's going to be completely in transition, and it's probably going to take a while. Then you got to make a decision if Derek Carr is your guy and uh, if you want to – continue to build around him or you want to start fresh. And so there's, there's, I mean, I don't even know who conducts the interviews, you know, in some of these organizations yeah, to yeah, get the right yeah, guy. Right. I mean, I, I don't, you know, because there's blueprints out there, Jason. I mean, I know that Brett Veach wasn't the general manager when Andy Reid took over. Right. But, you know, they, they elevated the right guy. Yes. You know, when Brandon Bean, you know, hired, you know, came from Carolina with Sean McDermott. I mean, there was a blueprint and a plan mm -hmm and a togetherness. And you can see, you know, when Ozzy hired John Harbaugh, yep. I mean, there's a way to do this the right way. And you, you know, you get that quarterback, you build around that quarterback. You never stop building around that quarterback. If you get the position, right. Yeah. And so there's, there's a real formula out there to, to how to, to get this thing where you're, a, you know, you're a perennial contender every year. And I don't know that some of these organizations, the way the process is right now, that they're going to get that right. I mean, obviously, the Jets have always gotten that wrong. Yep. And, you know, the Giants are just stuck right now. And, you know, I, I mean, it's it, it you, it's just hard to see the light, you know. And 
So you've got to get the, you got to the beginning process here in Oakland, in Chicago, in Minnesota. You know, keep, keep going on and on. It's it, you got to get the process right from the beginning with the general manager and the coach in lockstep. And uh, the Steelers, Baldy. I mean that that's a team that look. We know this much. Mike Tomlin has already had his end of the season press conference. He's given a vote of support to Matt Canada, who I don't think had the never had a quarterback who could run what he wanted. Like that, the the pairing of him and Ben was was never going to be great, um, because Ben can't move. You know what I mean? And and he has yeah. some things he wants to do with the quarterback position that are just impossible. Uh, and we've heard Mike Tomlin say that Haskins and Mason Rudolph are going to be in the mix at quarterback. I believe well, neither strongly, one of those guys can move. No, no. I mean, they, right. Neither one of those guys can move. No, and and so I I strongly believe they're going to draft a quarterback because I don't think there's going to be as much quarterback action this offseason as some believe. And like Russell Wilson and Sierra ain't living in Western PA, so you know, okay. like it, it, the options are going to be limited. Derek Carr, right. you can maybe sell me on that, but regardless, it's not just that they're like a lot of people focus on the quarterback. I think the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we've come to know them on that side of the ball, is likely to be very different, if not this coming year, because they still don't have the guys, certainly by 2023. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I mean, they, they, there's going to be a, a big change there. And so uh, I don't know that they can fix this thing in one year um, because it, it, the offense has got to – I don't know what Matt Canada's offense is going to look like. I mean, I know who he is and what his background right. is, but you know, if that quarterback that's going to start, you know, Labor Day weekend next year for the Steelers isn't on the roster, I don't know what it's going to look like and how long it's going to take. In the other conference, I kind of felt like, again, reflecting on the weekend, and you and I have documented this. I feel like at least once a month, I'd ask you about the Cowboys and the and the Cardinals, and are we really, really buying this? You know. Because we're for both teams, it kind of looked like the defense better be like totally, totally legit. Because these offenses, man, the more the sample size expands, the less ideas they seem to have. And now we're looking at them at a crossroads, right? Three years in with Cliff and Kyler, I'm still not sure exactly what that offense is. And Jerry Jones sitting there, two years of Mike McCarthy. Not many or really any signature wins. A team that he thought was going to the Super Bowl doesn't win a playoff game. And and there's, what, eight or nine coaching openings, and half those teams want to talk to one of his coordinators or the other. Interesting times for both of these teams, and, and I don't think either one was ever as close to a Lombardi trophy as certain people in their organizations probably thought. I would agree. I mean, you go back to – I mean – you used to start with the Cowboys because that was clearly the most disappointing game. It was the most anticipated game of the weekend. I mean, I picked the 49ers as soon as the matchup happened. Um, you know, to, just to see them, forget about the 14 penalties or Dak getting hit 14 times or sacked five times. Forget about all that. Forget about the final play of the game and, you know, and all the uproar that that created. Forget about all of that. The 49ers look like a playoff team. Mm -hmm. They played with playoff intensity. They knocked the Cowboys all over the place from the game's first play. And the third quarter where you say, okay, it's 16-7, to time to get back in this game, that was one of the worst quarters by any team I've watched play all year, Jason. Offensively, they couldn't function. So you could say, okay, 
Kellen Moore, Dak. I mean, every offensive lineman outside of Zach Martin got beat. They all had holding calls. Mm -hmm. They all jumped off sides. Like, nothing looked good. No. But I don't want to take one thing away from the 49ers. They dictated that from the first play. From the opening drive offensively to what they did defensively, they kicked the living stuffing yep. out of the Cowboys. And you have to – and, you know, for Jerry to sit there in that stadium to see the sun glaring in that third down throw to Cedric Wilson, like the whole thing looked bad yep. if you're Jerry Jones. Home playoff game, the shots that CBS kept giving you of the fans just like rolling their eyes Disarray. going, I can't believe yeah. we're watching it. Yeah. Like yeah. because those Cowboy fans that are buying those seats and supporting that franchise, they've watched this for 25 years when they do get to the playoffs. Yep. They've watched these – crumbling home playoff losses when they're expected to do great things. You know, it's been going on now for, you know, two and a half decades. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know what the status of Michael, you know, Mike McCarthy is or, you know, how high on the list Kellen Moore is. I, I don't really understand that. I understand Dan Quinn. Yep. I understand Dan Quinn to a degree because he's done it and he's had some success, but uh, to, to me that, you can't get the ball to your star players uh, anyway. The quarterback, you know, had one of his worst games he played all year. Um, that's not how you want to enter the playoffs, Jason. No, no, it's it's not. Um, and I feel like the arrows pointing down on a lot of those offensive linemen when you start t- looking at how much mileage is on, you know, how much treads on those tires and, and injuries starting to mount. I think that the arrow is definitely down on Zeke. Um, and I don't know about, you know what I mean? To me, Dak is somewhere, I don't know, between the 10th and well, 18th say, best quarterback you know, in the league. I, I don't know. Forget about the salary or the contract. I mean, if you say right now, Dak is a, like, I understand the term franchise quarterback, but let's just not throw it around. Mm-hmm. Let's just not crown, even Josh Allen at this point, as good as he is. Like, let's just not crown Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Let's see how they do in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Let's see them get through the playoffs the way Patrick Mahomes has, Aaron Rodgers has, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. They have done that. Let's see how they do in this next round, in the following round. But, like, you can't say that Dak is an elite franchise quarterback. There's just – you just can't say that. Just because he wears number four and he wears the star, like, they've had two of those guys – in Dallas, and they were Staubach and Aikman, yeah, and they yeah. deserved all of the all of the accolades that they have received and still get. But Tony Romo couldn't do that, you know, and he couldn't elevate a team to get get to that level, right? And right. so I think you have to look, be honest with it, and say like this is not an elite elite player. It's, it's just not because he didn't play at that level when he had to on Sunday. Well, and then we can go to the, the other team I mentioned there because they remind me of each other. Cliff and Kyler, the the Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott principle. Um, the more they have to go out there through the course of a season and keep doing it, the less returns you tend to get. We're now 46 starts into Kyler Murray's career. Uh, I think it's 70 touchdown passes, 34 picks. Uh, you know, a TD percentage of 4.4%. He is completing for his career you know, almost 67% of his passes, but Baldy 7.2 yards per attempt, you know, not, not standout stuff. Um, 
and they're no, at they're at they're at the point where, where where he could get paid. You know what I mean? He's three years in. This is when you you know pick up the fifth year option and you could start extending a guy. I don't know that they could double down on this coach or this this quarterback right now. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the team's gone from three to five to eight to eleven wins. I mean, that says that they're on a good arc. But you have to always kind of, you know, start fresh and, and work backwards. So what we watched on Monday night was horrendous. Like anything that made Kyler Murray the first pick in the draft and said, we're going to build around this guy, whatever elite athletic tools you say that he has, were like none of it was on display. Like he didn't have elite movement. Yeah. He, he, he couldn't throw the ball on the run. He couldn't do anything like it was a it was a horrible performance. And so you're like, OK, and, and we all know that the playoff season is a new level. Uh, it's a different level of intensity. You know, you're going to get the best out of Von Miller. But to see him go down, Von Miller's breathing on him. He falls down. Yeah. Aaron Donald like gets near him and he goes down like we didn't see elite movement. You didn't see any of that. And then when he did get outside the pocket, we saw the ball bounce off the turf. To, being thrown over Christian Kirk's head, like nothing. He didn't show one skill no. and we know that he's got him, yeah. but we didn't see one skill in that game that said that he's special. He, he That's a special player. Not like what we saw from Josh Allen on Saturday right. night where you go, what can't this guy do? Right. Like we've never seen that before. So like we're talking about two totally. Di- and look, the biggest question mark about Kyler when he was going through the draft process was his size. Yep. And you can't watch him in that game and go, his size is a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want everyone to say somebody can't do something. Um, Russell Wilson isn't that much taller than Kyler, but, we, you know, he has done it. So you can't say that size is a li- – but it looks like it limits what he can do and what he can see. Yeah, for that offense to just completely crumble without DeAndre Hopkins is, is – um has got to be troubling. And then the other team, the Eagles, I kind of look at them like the Patriots in that, okay, they found a way to get where they got and it was good enough to get in the expanded dance. But playing option football in the NFL in the postseason, you know, when they're daring you to throw it and they're going to take away your run lanes to the right side and say, if you could beat us running left or (laughs) throwing booting out to the left side, then Godspeed, we don't think you can do it. Um, And look, I, I... are they going to use one of those three picks in the first 19 of this draft on a quarterback? They might. I still think Hertz is probably their guy starting next season. I don't know that he finishes it. And you know how he'll always make a trade. But I, I kind of feel like they felt like the Patriots where, you know, it is good enough to get you to be, you know, the middle of the pack in your conference. But that's really as far as it's going to take you. I felt like watching that game, Jason, and then studying the game, that the literally the Bucks were using the Eagles like it was a warm up act <laughs> to get ready for the playoffs. That's what it looked like. I mean, you watch these, you watch Jamel Dean just manhandle Devontae Smith, or just manhandle Jalen Rager, or Carlton Davis, or you know Whitehead. Like they physically just whipped yeah. them on the perimeter. You watch, you know, just Vita Vea have his way inside. You watch the speed of Devin White. I felt like it was just a warm-up act. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get rid. Let, let's finish preseason. Let's get to the postseason. That's how it looked to me. I thought Nick Sirianni called a terrible game. Mm-hmm. They went back to the perimeter football. Yeah. Like they can't yeah. win on the perimeter. No. 
You know, like you, you can keep putting Jalen Rager out there. <laughs> Jalen Rager, like those guys, like there was one play that I put out there, Jason, this week where they literally double three receivers and they just put Jamel Dean on, on Jalen Rager and like just, and he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage on him. Yeah. And I just said, like, don't listen to me and don't listen to anybody else out there. Just watch what the Bucks are doing here. Like, they don't have any fear of this guy. Uh-huh. He couldn't get off the line of scrimmage on Jamel. So, like, you can't get off the line of scrimmage. You you know, you could say he's a first-rounder and you keep marching out there. I, I, go, find, I go find a receiver yeah. that, you know, well, and, physically and, block. Like, and Devontae, then it went over like to special Devontae teams, Paul. We all like Devontae Smith. But in this game, if your receivers aren't blocking, like you're not hitting right. home runs in the run game. Right. You're just not. Right. Well, let's stay in the NFC. The Bucks are now off of their quasi buy. Um they get a Rams team that obviously it was one way traffic against the Cardinals team that they know very well. But I, I think this is obviously a very different challenge as we record this right now. You know, we'll have to see about the left tackle situation of the Bucs and Tristan Wirfs. We know their stud center, Ryan Jensen, was banged up. He stayed in that game. I would be shocked if he doesn't start this game. Um, can the Rams do to the Bucks in the trenches what they did to Arizona? Oh, I don't think they can run the ball, you know, with Cam Akers and Sony Michelle the way they did on – you know, this weekend, I, I I don't think like I don't think the Bucks are in, are impenetrable, right? But I just don't believe that they're going to run through them. You know, run a cross block on the left guard and left tackle and go for thirty five yards to start a game. Like I don't I don't think that's happening to Jason Pierre Paul and Vita Vea. Like I, I just and when you have Levante David who just got his sea legs back underneath him, like he'll be a lot better in this game. And so the speed that they have at linebacker, I I just don't see them beat because I don't think physically the Rams are very good up front. I yeah. think they're yeah. tough guys, you know, Havenstein and, you know, Corbin. I mean, I think they're tough guys, but I, I don't see them moving the line of scrimmage. And I just think if you take the running game away from Matt Stafford, like it really limits what you want to do to Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Tyler Higby. I, I think, you know, you can have good game plans and you, you could go draft, you know, go, you know, make a, a blockbuster trade to get the quarterback. But I think if you if it's a one-dimensional game, it it favors the Bucks at this point. I do think that, you know, conversely, though, I do think that uh, the, the Rams' defense can give the Bucks some problems, especially mm-hmm. without Tristan Worse. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that that's going to be a, a real problem position. We know what Tom Brady can look like. You know, just pull out any Saint game, what he looks like when – the things start crumbling in front of yeah. Um, that thing can, can collapse pretty quickly. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that this game is going to be one in the trenches and like who, who gets that part done right now. It is a little tough for the Rams though, right? I mean, they played the last game of the weekend. Um, they got to turn around on what's a short week for them and fly all the way across country. Uh, yeah. But it's, a, it's, you know, this is what they're built for. You know, I mean, you you give up all these assets, yeah. And like, I, yeah. I understand. Like, I always, you know, the like stars. Okay, I mean, you look, they they just call them like they're heavily invested players. All right, they've given a lot up a lot for, to get Von Miller and to get, you know, uh, you know Matt Stafford and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're they're top heavy. Those guys got to really shine. And I do think in this game, 
you know, with in light of what happened to AB and Chris Godwin and whatnot, you know, at the receiver position, Cyril Grayson, um, I do think that, you know, they're going to lean heavily on Mike Evans. And if they do that, I mean, the Rams are going to put Jalen right. on him. Right. And you do have a guy, I don't know that Jalen could just eliminate Mike Evans, but he, you know, he, he'll enjoy the he'll enjoy that yeah. competition yeah. for yeah. sure. I mean, he'll, he'll be, you know, he, he'll be looking to play his biggest game of the year. Like he lives to play an X receiver, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I do think that if you, you don't have to win every matchup, but if you just get Brady to get off Evans, have to go someplace else with the ball, like that just gives that defensive line that much more time to get to Brady. Do you lean to the Bucks in this one? I'm I'm leaning towards the Bucks, but I, I but if the Rams come out and play a great game and you know Von Miller and Aaron Donald just you know just really disrupt this game. I I, I mean I I wouldn't say that the Rams can't win it, but right. I'm leaning towards the Bucks at this point. The other game in the NFC, the 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 Packers don't come off a quasi buy as the Bucs did. They come off a real buy. Um, I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers' toe feels better than it ever has. We're talking about the the potentially the specter of Bakhtiari, uh, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith all performing in this football game. But the 49ers look like the little engine that could. And, and again, we're going to have to see, you know, if Werner. Obviously, there's, there's injury situations that will have to play out. Um, through the week, I know Fred pretty much indicated on social media he thinks he's good to go, but obviously there's doctors involved. Uh, can the 49ers keep this close? Can the 49ers um, continue this this uh, surge that they're on? Well, they can. I mean, I, well, we got to see just, you know, how healthy is Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, you know, if you listen to the reports, the interception he threw that got the Cowboys back in the game in the fourth quarter, yeah. you know, related to, you know, to the hand. You know, and now you're saying, you know, the shoulder is you got some level of sprain in that mm-hmm. shoulder. I don't know if he can throw a football, you know, the way he's got to throw a football today or Sunday uh, or Saturday night. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, minus eight degrees windshield, if that affects those things with Garoppolo. I know this. If the 49ers, if you just look at the end of the game, Jason, if the 49ers have 33 or 35 or 38 runs, they're in the game. It's going to be a close game. And so can they stay on the field long enough to allow the running game to really go to work? Because when it does, it, I mean, it's just a symphony yeah. of how it works and all the moving parts. And, you know, you watch the Cowboys on Sunday, great players like Micah Parsons, like he's catching blocks instead of defeating blocks. Does he? You're coming at him from every angle. And, you know, nobody – you. Nobody can duplicate what the 49ers do in the run game. And so I think that, that you know, but if, if the, at the end of the day they're, they're running it 20 times, um, you know, this thing might get ugly. Uh, and Garoppolo, if, you, if you're asking him to just drop back and throw it, like I don't think he's going to beat the Packers doing that. I do think, though, you know, you mentioned getting these guys back. I hear everybody saying Bakhtiari and Zedarius. You know, if you haven't played – in months, Jason, mm-hmm. and then you're expected to go out and play a like a preseason playoff team. You know, like they play really fast. The yeah. 49ers, yeah, they flow fast. I don't know that you can just get back t- to speed after being out that long. 
Like I, I question. Yeah, it's going to be you know, fascinating. If, like I, I don't have any question that David Bakhtiari is, a, is an elite player. I, I know he is. But if you haven't played, and all of a sudden you're going to go at playoff tempo, I, I don't know that you know Nick Boza, Charles Amenahu, uh, you know whoever's lining up out there, like if he's going to, if he's not going to have trouble with them. Is it fair to say, like I, I have a hard time coming up with a script where the 49ers win this game in which Debo Samuel isn't, you know, the best player on the football field, right? Like, I I don't know, like, if he's not, if he's anything less than brilliant, I I don't know that the margins are there for them to win this thing. Is that fair? No, that's, that's, that's legit, Jason, really legit. I mean, he's their best player. You know, and to really Kyle's credit, you know, he really got a chance to go carry the ball this year because he had injuries at every right. at every running back, and they're like, "We need somebody to, to carry it," you know. And he, you know, he just has a body type. He's really good at it. He reads, he reads almost like a running back. And then, like, there's the one thing about him that all running backs should watch all of them. Like when he sees a hole, there's not an ounce of hesitation. Like he takes that thing full speed. And I'm with you. Like that 26 yard touchdown run the other day was a thing of beauty. Like, you know, that cutback run and seeing the opening, like, that's legit. So you got to get the ball to them a minimum of 12 times, minimum, of between running it and catching mm-hmm. it. And so Elijah Mitchell, I got no questions. That guy's a legit yeah. back. They'll give, they'll have problems with what they do with Juice and, and uh, Kittle and how the receivers block and how it all works. Like, yep. it's a bunch of moving parts. It's a Swiss, it's a Swiss watch. Yeah. It's just a lot of moving parts that fit perfectly together. Um, just It's just the way that they're coached and the emphasis. And we've seen the Packers in a playoff game struggle two years ago against it. And they could – I know it's a different coordinator and all that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they could struggle the same way. Uh, so that, to me, is, is huge. But, yes, Debo has to be, you know, like you said. I mean, him Super or Devontae, you know, maybe – you know, maybe Aaron Jones, like the, the best player on the field. Well, you mentioned, but, you know, look, oh, sorry. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, like all of this, <laughs> all the bluster and yeah. whatever you want to call the offseason, starting with that playoff loss mm-hmm. to Tampa last year uh, and that post game press conference and everything you went through, like you get a week rest, you're, you're le- the bona fide number one seeded team in this whole tournament. You're the number one seeded team. Nobody's won more games in the NFL than the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in three years. Yep. Like you're the bona fide um, number one pick of this whole thing. Like you have to win this game at Lambeau Field. Agreed. Agreed. And you mentioned a few minutes ago the Green Bay Packers and the walking wounded and all the guys coming back after being out for months. We'll go over to the other conference where the weekend kicks off. Um, both these games on uh, we'll have on CBS with the Titans hosting – the Bengals, a big, bad bully of a football team built by a big, bad bully of a head coach. And Mike Vrabel comes in well-rested. Derrick Henry, I, I don't know how many carries he's going to get, but he's he's on track to factor in this game, at, at least to some degree. Um, I don't know if it's fair to expect him to come right back and, and be where he left off before you know he had surgery on his foot. But we know the kind of beast he can be, especially this time of year. Uh, what are your thoughts about this one, Baldy? Well, I like Tennessee. Yeah, I really do. And you know, whether Derrick Henry looks like the king or not, 
I don't know. Dante Foreman averaged four point three yards a carry. It's exactly what Derrick Henry averaged before he, you know, he had the ankle injury. Um, they've they've kind of just <laughs> they just carried on, and you know, it's a credit. It's a credit to you know one of the reasons why they're a good running football team is they're committed to it. It's who they are. It's their identity. And you know, Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold and Jones and you know, um, you know, all the guys up front, Quisenberry, like they. They're a good group, the tight ends, how they run it, fullback, two-back, what they ask Tannehill to do. Mm -hmm. uh, That's all, like, Cincinnati's going to have problems. They're just going to have problems with it. Um, That stuff is coming right down their throats. And they don't don't really, like, I know Cleveland can do that. um, But they're they're healthy. I mean, Cleveland was banged up all year at every position. Right. Um, You know, so they, they have seen teams that know how to run the ball. Um, you know, Pittsburgh has a big back. I, I don't know that they're built, especially with Ogan Joby out. We'll see what Hendrickson looks like. Uh, they're a little weakened inside. Yeah. But I, I think the problem is going to be we saw Joe Burrow, uh, you know, have an awesome game, an awesome debut in the playoffs. We saw how he handled it, you know, like yep. this. We expected to do this, not too high. Uh, I love their game plan. They, they got the ball to their best player, Jamar Chase. Yep. You know, they fed him from the opening play of the game. They went to Jamar Chase. Yep. They got a matchup they liked with Brandon Faison. They went after him. That's what you should do. You know, it's good game planning. Um, but they do love empty sets, Jason. Yeah, they started the they game. First two plays them. empty. Good luck against Tennessee's front. That's that. That's my point. Like, I know they're not a pack it in, let's protect Joe, let's get two receivers out. They, they don't run those plays. That's not what Joe Burrow likes. He, you know, there's a reason why we said it last week. There's a reason why he was the most sacked quarterback yep. in the league um, because he's vulnerable. And that's to me is where this whole thing, whether, like I said, whether Derrick Henry plays, looks like Derrick Henry, like to me, this is where this game is going to be won or lost. Can Isaiah Prince and Akeem Adeniji, can they hold up against, you know, Simmons and Landry and Dupree? Um, that's a good group. Yes. It's a really good group. And the addition of Zach Cunningham, has been a great addition. I mean, that guy's a good, really good player, and he's he's read, he's added a lot. Like this is going to be a different type of game for Joe Burrow. Like he's going to get hit in this game, and if he holds now, you know maybe Jamar Chase just wears out Christian Fulton. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yep. and that 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 certainly could happen. Um, so, but I think that's where this game is going to be won. I I feel like Tennessee knows who they are. And I don't know if there's any team in the AFC that went in there this weekend that can beat that team right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, Baldy. And finally, what might end up being the game of the weekend? It certainly feels like an AFC championship game to me, even though it's only the divisional round. You 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 mentioned it at the start of the podcast. The Buffalo Bills played basically a perfect game against a division rival that they despise. Um, they were exercising demons, it felt like, in that game um, with a primal scream on the scoreboard in the football field. Now, though, a little different challenge going to Arrowhead against the Chiefs team that we we know the Steelers can play at least a little bit of defense. I mean, they're not great against the run, but, you know, they they, they can get sacks. They 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 did enough to, to get that offense to the postseason. And basically, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes about midway through the second quarter said, oh, yeah, this game started, and then they hang 41 the rest of the way. Uh, th- this will be fascinating to me. I don't even know how to analyze it. 
be honest with you, Jason. I mean, I, I, I can sit in there and I can talk about, okay, Chiefs like man coverage. There's Stephon Diggs and, you know, all these guys, Emmanuel Sanders, great route runners. And there's this emerging Dawson Knox that looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be, you know, I don't know if he's Travis Kelsey. I don't know anybody is, but I mean, he's, he's a legitimate, you know, uh, option right now for Josh Allen. I mean, I just feel like when you get this game, like you got these two quarterbacks on the field, like just get out of the way. Like, yeah. you know, if I was announcing the game Sunday, I mean, I, if you just talked about the quarterbacks every play, you wouldn't be wrong. Like these guys are what this league is, has always been about. I remember in 84 when Miami and San Francisco played in the Super Bowl and all we talked about was Marino and Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we're at with this. It's just, it's Josh Allen. Like who makes a mistake? Who, who flinches? Who forces a ball? Um, who forces the ball that really was a bad force versus – I'm giving my guy a chance to go get it. Right. You know, and so you can break it down with Kelsey and Tyreek. And, you know, I mean, it looked like Jeff McKinnon might have a bigger role, mm-hmm. you know, at the, the tailback position. So you get Devin Singletary's emergence and what he's done the last I was going to ask you about that. I feel like this well, is the it, best you know, Buffalo I mean, we've seen because of his know, explosion in the run game now. Well, it's, it's you know, it's the regular, to, to me, <clears throat> the emergence of Devin Singletary. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Devin Singletary, but Frank Gore introduced me to him when Frank was still there. Okay. And he's shorter than Frank Gore. Yeah. But you know, he's five he's five seven max. Right. He, but he but he's Brian Westbrook in a way. You know, uh, it's it's just how powerful and explosive he is. But you know, the, the regular season has to be your uh your training ground right. for the postseason. So when the Bills got smoked by the Patriots on that Monday night, um, you know, and they, they couldn't stop the run and they couldn't run. You know, and they, they, you know, Sean McDermott said, we're, we're going to run the ball. We're, we're going to run it. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not putting it in Josh Allen's hands every play. And since that time, um, they, they've become a much better offense. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they had Zach Moss and they had all these different guys. They, they said, motors our guy. And they picked the right guy. And the offense has got balance. He, you know, he had two rushing touchdowns. He finishes runs. Uh, he's a good blocker. Like, you know, they're better now that they said, okay, we're not going to let this right. happen anymore. We're going to hand the ball off. We're going to get under center a little bit. We're going to do some of this stuff. And it, it's paid off for him. Do you have a lean or prediction for that one? Or is it a total toss-up? <clears throat> I think it's a total toss-up, but let's just face it, Jason. So, so the regular season is is the training ground for the postseason. The Bills benefited. They go to Arrowhead last year in the AFC Championship game, and Patrick Mahomes has their way with the defense. He throws three touchdowns. He throws for over 300 yards. And what did the Bills do in the draft? They went and got Gregory Rousseau. They got Boogie Basham. Yep. They got Starlo Tule back from COVID. You know, they, they're much better up front on the defensive line than they were in that game a year ago. Now, do those guys make a difference this weekend against a rebuilt, you know, and the Chiefs did the same thing. Right, right. Chiefs so rebuilt they, the offensive line. Orlando they, Brown, they, Joe Tooney, draft so the center. Yeah. Is the rebuilt defensive front of Buffalo can a challenge or win against a rebuilt right. offensive line of the Chiefs? Like both these teams are doing everything the right way. You know, and here's, 
and you're right. Like I, you, you kind of feel like this should be the championship game, um, but it's just a divisional round, which is fine. It's not to slight Tennessee or right. Cincinnati at all. Um, but it, it has that buildup to it. It's the final game. It's at Arrowhead. It's a rematch of a championship game a year ago. Uh, here we go again. And so <clears throat> I, it, it's a toss-up to me right now, yeah. Jason. I'm with you. I have a hard time handicapping that one as well, but it should be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. You know, you, you, you know, you know one of the things that you always look at, you know, when you're doing the research and everything is, you know, like all the crossovers between the two teams. And you look at Andy Reid, mm-hmm. you know, and how he had Sean McDermott. Yep. And we had Leslie Frazier yep. and Steve Spagnuolo all on the all on the staff together, yep. all at the same time. And here these guys are in these positions where I, I think you'd be foolish not to interview Leslie Frazier Agreed. You know, for a head coaching job. I mean, just foolish. Like the guy just knows how to lead and, you know, like he's really good at his job. And, you know, he you, you, you'd feel good about him running your organization. But yes. there's the Andy Retreat, you know, yep. right there you know, calling these the signals for this game. No, I, I am absolutely with you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, of the coaches coaching this weekend, I mean, Todd Bowles is another one. Like, yeah, you're going to yeah. tell me there's 32 better head coaches than Todd Bowles. Exactly. I'm going to tell you you're out of your mind. But we'll, we'll, see, where, we'll see where that goes um, as well. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to us chat ball here on Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Um, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast goodness, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. We're there um, on all those formats so you can check us out there and uh, make sure you get notifications whenever we drop our new pods. Uh, we'll be down to the final four when we do this next week. Uh, we cannot wait to see these games, and uh, we, we hope we get um, a few more compelling ones than we did last week, and I, I think we will, Baldy. Cream rises, and I, I think we're, we're, we're down to the nitty-gritty here, and it should be um, a hell of a weekend of football. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is the um, – <clears throat> you know, we get two each, each day, Saturday and Sunday, and, you know, if one turns into a stinker – We'll ride the second game, or vice versa. You know, we'll 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 have some great games this weekend to talk about next week, Chase. No doubt about it. Thank you guys as always for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.